1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Sorry for the pregnant pause there uh, after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins ended. As anyone who listens to this show knows, and I talk about it often, and it's definitely true, uh, Mark Strauss and I, when we get in a room together, just talk. We talk into microphones. We talk off of microphones. Uh, we just converse, and it's a bunch of fun, and thank you, Mark, for being here again. It's the best part of the show. <laughs> I enjoy the show quite a bit. Um, I enjoy this uh, hour of my show every week quite a bit. Uh, first, I want to bring up something you sent me via text, uh, something that you said is important and you don't see getting reported on a lot. It is a Rasmussen poll, correct? Yeah, they're very re- they're very reputable. Sure, and so um, uh, give us the information from well, the Well, the information is that... Uh, 58%, and I think it may be 55% now of independents, think there was fraud in the 2020 cheating. presidential election. The, the, for whatever reason, Rasmussen chose to use the word cheating, and yes. they asked uh, people via the phone if um, The harshest you think, term. If, right, yeah, the harshest term. Uh, they asked people via the phone if you think that cheating occurred in the 2020 election. Uh, I think it was just 1,000 people um, that answered it for the poll for uh, December of 2021, which now, is the one you sent me. My understanding of Rasmussen, and I think this is, I think this is significant, sure. I believe the way that they do their polling Mm-hmm. And I think they've done this for a very long time is uh, that they I believe and I don't I don't know for sure if this poll falls under these dynamics. But I believe what they try to do mm-hmm. is they try to use the current uh, dynamic in Republican, independent and Democrat voters. Sure. So that you get, you know, if you wait it. With more Republicans or more Democrats, sure. you're going to get the appropriate sort of results. So they yeah. try to make it reflect the actual dynamics and percentages of the electorate. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the this text you sent me, uh, which was from a tweet from Rasmussen reports themselves, yes. uh, December of 2021-22 um, is 21 and 22 of 2021, excuse me, is when they did this. Uh, they found, as you said, uh, 58%. And I do think that number has gone down to 55 percent, as you said, in a poll that I think came out in the middle of last year of independents. Also, a lot of Republicans, um, uh, well over 70 percent of Republicans well, I mean, felt you, this way. You would expect a higher number of Republicans. Sure, what of struck course. me was the percentage of independents. So let me ask you this in, in regards to that. Um, since every attempt legally to demonstrate that the 2020 election was fraudulent uh, did not go the way that uh, former President Trump would have wanted to go, including um, and this is in that Georgia thing, that Georgia case that's going on, two commissioned reports from different organizations that were going to look into uh, potential fraud uh, in the 2020 election in key states, I think six key states. Both of those reports seem to disprove or at least not back up the narrative. Uh, and these were commissioned by the Trump administration or the Trump um, campaign. And now they're being sought after um, for a case against him in Georgia about trying to tamper with the election results. If all of those things – and I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I don't even know what the actual reports themselves say because they were never actually made public. No one got to see them. Uh, but what I would say is how do we move forward if the past has not been, in your opinion, uh, fairly uh, challenged? It doesn't seem like challenging the past will work in our currency. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a new, a new court case, uh, a new avenue, even Carrie Lake struggling in, in Arizona – so what is the goal uh, in if we're thinking like 2024 election or anything else as far as as a win there in 2020? Well, I think one of the things, uh, you know, at a certain period of time, most people didn't think there was any sort of election fraud or election interference. 
And now we're at a point where you have, you know, your more recent number is 55% of independents thinking that things weren't on the up and up. And what that does is it get, it, it opens the eyes of people to things such as are happening now, which is election interference. Mm-hmm. When you're prosecuting your opponent with your Department of Justice, sure. uh, who is running against who is going who is sure. going to run against you for the same office yeah then that could be considered election interference there are many ways there are many well look at look at the russia impeachment look at all of the things yeah. that the Durham were done. report was pretty solid uh, so, let me, let so, me... but what that what that yeah. shows mm-hmm. is that somebody mm-hmm. or a group of people were willing to go to tremendous lengths in order to uh, create a certain narrative that the public would believe that this yeah. person is in collusion with a, with with an enemy of America, and without saying it, yeah. saying to you, you shouldn't vote for this man. Let me ask you this, um, because in all honesty, to me, 2020 is more and more in the rearview mirror, and I wonder if just like people got sick of talking about masks, vaccines, all the other things, there's almost an apathy to some degree yeah. to continuing to rediscuss that. If um, a certain percentage of Americans, especially independents, feel the 2020 election was fraudulent, yeah. and yet no one is is demanding a recount, demanding a change there, then it feels like people have accepted whatever version of society we're in right now. Well, we, are, so, we have seen some actions. I mean, you've talked about the changes in law, in, in, elect, in election law in Florida, in Florida and, yeah, so, and sure. some other states. Sure, that's DeSantis so, more so. Well, but anyway, so that's, there's actually, there are some things that are I going think, on. I think we're losing the point again, because I, I don't think the point is about convincing American people whether or not the 2020 election was fraudulent anymore. I think the goal today is to convince American people that former President Donald Trump is being unfairly prosecuted Mm -hmm. uh, by the judicial system. And I think that that argument is easier to make. I don't think 2020 needs to come into the picture pro or con, and it could divide people in ways that doesn't matter. uh, Because if 55 percent think a thing, 45 percent still don't. And that's not the winning argument that I think could be made about Trump. Like, let me say it this way. If you were being a fair person, I don't mean you, Mark Strauss, I mean anyone listening to the show, and you know that Biden, that Hillary Clinton, that Mike Pence all uh, had classified documents in ways they shouldn't have had them, all broke laws very similarly to Trump. And if the only mainstream media narrative that I can find that has some sort of, of separation between those individuals and the former president was just the, the intent of the actions, which is a unique, different thing, uh, it's not saying everyone didn't commit the same crime. Uh, they're just trying to say that Trump did it worse or did it differently. Uh, but if you just were to make that argument, with some, you don't, I don't care about 2020. I don't care about this. I don't care about anything else that alienates our opinions. Just on this one topic, can't you see that what's happening to Trump and is not happening to anyone else is unfair? No matter what you even think of him, you could hate the guy. You could think the things he tweeted were so mean. I, I never want to listen to him again. Isn't it easy? Don't most Americans who look at this one simple thing in the cone of just it, federal uh, uh, case or, or Manhattan case, Manhattan case even more so, See how simplistically the argument can be made that Trump is being prosecuted personally, individually, and that um, tampering in our 2024 election is occurring. I I don't want to try to convince someone of a disagreement we have in the past or or potential agreement we have in the past when I'd rather focus on the here and now and how it's impacting. And the federal case is not about the 2020 election. It's about um, classified documents. 
So I, I don't, to me, it, it's become glaringly obvious. And I think you say this a lot uh, in some of the things that have happened to Trump, that people are finally waking up and seeing uh, with their own eyes the problem. And it, it seems like to complicate this problem does disservice to the, to the degree that this problem, this current one, is actually wreaking havoc on the upcoming election. Well, I, I agree with you on all of that. The reason that you can't isolate this and discard 2020 is because it's always the same people that are involved, the same people who tried to impeach him twice, the same people who created the Steele dossier or paid for it, the same people that have done everything all the way through. It's always the same people. And it's always the same target. And that's why 2020 is still has to stay on the radar. Okay, because all I would say. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I do. But I and I'm not trying to discredit. All I would say is that if you get Trump back in office, uh, those same people would probably be very afraid of what Trump would do with four more years as the president. And if talking about 2020 and even you saw that in the CNN town hall, if they have nothing to be afraid of, why would they be afraid? I didn't say. Hold on. I'm not saying they don't have anything to be afraid of. I'm saying if they do have things to be afraid of, that's that's it's good for Trump. What I'm saying is, let me be clearer. Getting Trump back into office would be good for anyone that feels the 2020 election was fraudulent and there are people behind the scenes that have been trying to harm him for a very long time because he would have unique ability to go after them. So the best possible route, the the least obstacle route to getting Trump back into the office seems to be the most valuable one to anyone who is doing strategy for the president. And as you saw in the CNN town hall and the, the conversation after where the first question from CNN was, don't you think it's interesting that Trump is still talking about 2020? And the voters said, you guys asked him about it. We don't care about talking about it. We don't need to talk about it. You care. You wanted to have that conversation. We'd rather move on and focus on things like 2024. Isn't there a chance that you're overcomplicating an easy issue? Because once again, what's happening right now and the way in which it's being I, – I can't think of – And I've said this on my show before, and I apologize for ranting a little bit with you, Mark. I can't think of a a moment where we have the exact same thing happening at the exact same time and multiple different people accused of it that have a D and an R in front of their names, and only one person is getting in trouble, not even the other guy with an R in front of his name. It's just Trump. There's no scenario where the whataboutism is actually real. Mm -hmm. And this one, it's it's real. It's, It's slapping people in the face. And I think talking about anything but it, again, does a disservice to how important it is to discuss how crazy this is, what's going on in in just this one scenario. Because did Trump potentially commit a crime? I will tell you that maybe the answer to that is yes. Uh, But if he committed a crime, guess what? A lot of other people committed that same crime. Hillary Clinton definitely committed it when she destroyed 30,000 emails. Uh, because her lawyers said it was okay to do it. Uh, definitely our current president committed this crime and definitely our, our former vice president. And so it's just odd to me that any path forward would need to discuss anything other than the most perfect example of unfair treatment of one guy. All right. Well, first of all, what you just said is exactly what this is all about. All right. If they go after Trump, then they're they're opening themselves up Sure. The same sort of treatment. But here's 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 and this is very important, in my opinion. If there's election fraud in any election and the person who prevails is not the person that received 
the most legitimate votes, then the person who was cheated wasn't the candidate who lost. It's the people who voted for him. You, Mr. American, Miss American citizen, you're the one who was cheated. You're the one that was ripped off. Mm -hmm. The crime was committed against you. And that's why, regardless of what a person on CNN who was in the audience said, or, or, or what anybody like them say, and they're entitled to their opinion. Sure. When a crime is committed, if a crime is committed mm-hmm. against the American public, right. you don't just say, let's move on. I understand what you're saying, but a poll of opinion doesn't prove that something did or didn't occur. No, no. Uh, because if that's true, then we have to throw out every argument we've ever made about COVID, about masks, about anything, because at some point... A poll of Americans said that a whole lot of people thought that was the right thing no, to do. No, but I hear a thing. I hear a lot of polls on topics that I don't care about, sure. and these kinds of polls are on actual important issues. Yeah, I know, but but just because a poll agrees with us doesn't mean we should prop it up, and then if it disagrees with us, doesn't mean we should we should uh, mitigate the spread. No, of it. I, I, it, I. It seems to be I irrelevant. I just shared that poll with you because yeah. that's not a poll that the mainstream media is ever going to present to you. And I have no fear with us talking about that on the show. I'm not trying to hide any of that stuff, but I will say that when you said at the end of that statement just there that if a crime was committed, it was committed against us, the poll doesn't prove the crime. And unfortunately... No, that's why I use the word if. Right. And unfortunately, every single uh, um, courtroom that was willing to or unwilling to discuss this uh, didn't wind up demonstrating a a way in which to overturn... So so here, because I'll say something that I've never said on the show before, and I want it to be as clear as possible. If information at some point came out that definitively proved election fraud... I wouldn't deny it. I wouldn't ignore it. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be unwilling to discuss it. And I wouldn't even be all that shocked uh, because I definitely believe that Democrats or even Republicans, if they could, would love to manipulate a system like who wins office and who doesn't. So none of those things ideologically would I deny. But at least right now, every single thing I've seen, and even the videos I get sent where someone is counting or, or doing something in a way that seems odd, it's too it's too um, um, separated from context to definitively know what's happening, and I, I wait for more information. And so because of that, because of that lack of ability to do anything about 2020, no matter what happened in it, I desire to move on. And a lot of people, I think, desire to move on because what would be more important to me is that if the system was rigged in 2020, there's no reason to think Democrats won't rig it again in 2024, and being aware of a problem going in – Seems to be good. Seems to, and maybe as you said in your poll demonstrates, more people are willing. I think you're onto something. Right. There. More people are willing to look and see yes. and pay attention. And if 2024 goes away that people don't think it should have gone, uh, maybe there's going to be a larger willingness. Uh, actually, one of the things I'll say this, and then we'll take a break because I don't want to be too late. One of the things going on right now in this federal case that's sort of shocking to me is there are people pushing to have the judge that's in charge right now, the judge that's the the first one that's going to hear parts of this case, to recuse herself. And they're saying she could she should recuse herself because she had previously uh, judged or, or decided something that benefited Trump that people didn't think would wind up going in, in you know, his favor. And so because of that one decision and the fact that she was a Trump-appointed um, um, judge, people seem to think that right. she desperately needs to be removed but that, from this case. That um – but what it also proves to me is that there are judges who are willing to do things yeah. and aren't going to be silenced by whatever system we have. And so it's harder than for me to believe that every single judge that didn't wind up saying election fraud existed in 2020 was owned. But maybe they were. I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know that it seems very important 
that who's ever the judge on this federal case is of the utmost credibility and not someone that can in any way, shape or form be demonstrated to be biased against Trump. Yeah. There's already enough of that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I was sort of shocked that there already are calls for this person, uh, this judge, to be removed from um, – you know, removed from the role of being in charge of this case, even though she might not wind up being the judge by the time it's actually heard in court. It's just sort of insane how quickly people call for certain things. Uh, but it does indicate to me that the person is not corruptible. If, if uh, calls from Democrats are saying they need to remove her, uh, it certainly doesn't seem to um, indicate that she would do something because she'd be told to well, do it a certain way. It's really way. interesting because I remember, and I, I specifically, I can't tell you exactly what the circumstances were, mm-hmm. but I do remember uh, Trump asking, uh, was it, was it, Sessions or one of his attorney generals to recuse themselves from some sort of case or investigation. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's kind of interesting that or or maybe it's just interesting that when calls come for recusal from certain sides, they're held up uh, as being legitimate. And when calls are made yeah. from other sides, they're sort of scoffed at. Yeah, I, I think um, the way that it happened is Trump asked Sessions to reverse his decision to recu- recuse himself from the investigation into Russia. Yeah. Uh, that's something that occurred, um, you know, a few years ago. And the whole Russia investigation has been outed via the Durham report of being insane as well. And so if people are paying attention it was to a, that. It was a made-up story. Sure. If people are paying attention to that, that, that may be relevant um, certainly relevant to what's going on right now. But, but more importantly than anything else to me is is you have a literal whataboutism uh, playing out in society, and you almost never have yeah. that. And somehow we're still debating anything other than I, – I read the entire indictment. I don't think that many people did. And there is only one moment in the indictment where there is reference to a recorded admission uh, by the former president that he did not classify something that he had on him or he had uh, in a you know conversation that he shouldn't have had at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, so whether or not that's the only thing, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. We've got to take a break. Uh, a lot more coming up. I do want to play the Chuck Grassley audio because I do think the uh, Hunter Biden investigation, whether or not our current president took a bribe, is an important story. And somehow people are trying to neglect it. Uh, but we'll talk about that more in just a bit. Uh, Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out. The Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out, as you're willing to do, very kindly as my friend, every single Tuesday for You're an welcome. hour. Uh, thank you, from 3 to 4 o'clock. I want to play this Chuck Grassley audio. Yeah. I feel like it's sort of ins- – actually, you know what, before I even play it, uh, here's another thing that was one of my favorite narratives that popped up over the last couple of days. A mainstream media reported this a lot. Bill Barr actually rejected this uh, as he's out there in his media tour trashing the former president, which is – I don't know if he's selling a book or something. I don't know what's happening. Um, but Bill Barr said this wasn't true. Uh, you had a lot of places reporting that all the information about Hunter, about um, President Biden when he was not in office, uh, was there in 2020, and no one did anything with it. They just ignored it. They decided it, it wasn't important enough, whatever it is. Uh, Bill Barr himself said that's not true, that they created investigation committees that looked into things, that gained information, and the role of that that group was to get as much um, documentation as possible 
and then not do anything with it until a later date. So they simply collected all their information, information that is now being used uh, by politicians who are trying to figure out whether or not our president, when he was the vice president, accepted a bribe from a foreign national. Uh, This seems like the exact way this process was supposed to occur, but people want to tell us that it didn't matter a few years ago and it's only being brought up now as some sort of political attack on the president. the, the, The thing that's different from 2020 is in 2020, the House was Democratic, and they wouldn't have done anything with it. Right. They wouldn't have had a committee investigating it or doing any sort of, you know, ha- having anybody uh, come in and testify. So, uh, yeah, you collect the information, and then when the dynamics are such that it can be put before a congressional committee mm-hmm. or something like that, Sure. Uh, that's when the time is right. And the reason I want to play this audio specifically because of all the news that's out there right now is that the most damaging thing, according to almost everyone uh, that is convinced that Trump will wind up being guilty in the federal uh, case that he is just today uh, appeared in court and said he's innocent of. Uh, the biggest reason why is an audio recording that seems to be a admission that Trump knew stuff was not cl- uh, declassified. Um, that he had in his possession. I've never heard that recording. Uh, I'll wait till it happens in court. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I, I don't definitively know. But what Chuck Grassley is about to talk about is 17 recordings from a foreign national who is saying that they paid a bribe mm-hmm. to Hunter Biden and to our president when he was the vice president, recordings we apparently can't access uh, because some of this stuff is redacted in the information that was shown to politicians and that would ever be shown to the American people. And Grassley also pointed out right before um, what I'm going to play that that is not classified. They're redacting information from an unclassified document, which is odd. So now... Let me assist for the purposes of more transparency on this subject. The 1023 produced to the House Committee's redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. Seventeen such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. Okay, (laughs) now uh, pause for a second for anyone who decides, well, Grassley's a Republican, so I don't believe anything he just said, Uh, and then anyone who thinks the exact opposite. Those recordings need to be recovered. Uh, They need to be found, especially if, again, the indictment of Trump is reliant very much on, uh, according to anyone, even Alan Dershowitz, a recording of him saying a thing uh, that he doesn't say publicly. If our president, as the vice president at the time, has, you know, uh, phone calls that he made where he said things to a foreign national uh, that can prove that they accepted a bribe, that's smoking gun, Mark Strauss. It is. And and don't we already have video of the infamous uh, talk that Biden was giving in front of an audience at one time, like a panel discussion where he bragged about threatening uh, uh, was it a, a Russian or a Ukrainian? I think it was a Ukrainian 
uh, official that they needed to fire a prosecutor or Ukraine wasn't yes. going to get the money from the U.S. government. So do you do you do you even need anything else but that? I, I, Which I need, is already out there. I need definitive um, proof that there's uh, a bribe that went into a bank account. And I know that that sounds like... Well, there's bank records, which I think... Doesn't Comer have... Comer has bank records. Yeah. The only person whose um, name is not on any of the bank records so far is, is President Biden. Uh, Joe Biden's name does not appear in any records. However, there's like a niece that's on a record somewhere. And the niece was... I don't even know right, how old. All this money goes into these shell companies that he, that he was... That's, that's the accusation. Yeah. Yes. That, that's definitely that, what's been that, put out there so a, far. That, you know, that's a that's that's an age old way of laundering money. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Um, but the thing that's missing, at least so far, is the smoking gun. And what Grassley is saying is the smoking gun, the most definitive one right. possible exists. But wait a minute. If you. If you were the person with the 20 shell companies mm-hmm. and all of these anomalies were in place, yeah. that there were bank records and. Money was funneled into these shell companies and into your five-year-old niece's bank account. Do you think that you would walk away from that? I don't think that it, it has to be personal about what I would do and no, what I wouldn't okay, do. Well, but not, here, here's not, what, no, here's no, what, I don't mean no, what, know, you what you would do. Here's what, here's what, what I would, would say. Do to you? Here's what I would say, and I think that you can easily agree with this, Mark. Uh, that um, the system is Weasley. The system finds ways to get out of things. The that's system a, finds ways. Yeah, that's a polite word. The system for finds ways to. Um, so doubt. And so the one thing, and this is true in our society in a lot of ways, I've talked about this before on the show, when you hear um, a national story about, say, a cop who did something wrong, there's usually a video or audio that somehow is tied to that. And that to our society is a definitive um, um, record that we accept is, all right, this is now true or false, even if more video comes out later that refutes the first video we saw. Right. Uh, video and audio to us are, are the deciding things uh, today in society, and they're used very, very often to pr- even to like get a Karen fired from a job, uh, which I know is a thing that you may or may not agree. I don't always agree, uh, but these are these are things that occur. And so if there is 17 different recordings of phone conversations, including two that were actually the vice president in office at the time uh, with a person that can prove that they gave money to to that. Like then there there is no weaseling. There is no yeah. uh, way to get right. out of this. And so it appears right now. And what Grassley is saying is that redacting this information and preventing this information from getting into the hands of the politicians is, in fact, a last ditch effort to hide the smoking gun. So no matter what you think, what I think, what anyone thinks of the proof that already exists, if there's better proof, let's go get the better proof. And if they're not letting us get the better proof, we should know about that. If Trump has to spend time in jail, does that set a precedent for for, for Biden or anyone else who may have the same sort of uh, crime on their hands? Yes. Uh, 100%. Uh, the biggest thing I've I've said on this show um, in reaction to what you just said, Mark, is I do not think that Trump should go to jail. And I don't even care, and this is going to sound terrible, uh, whether or not the thing he's accused of doing, he actually did. And the reason I don't care is, one, as we've said before on this show, even just today, that he's not the only politician uh, who could go to jail for the um, 
classified documents. But isn't that why he should go to jail? Because well, it would create a dynamic where other people it would be would? very hard for sure. the uh, the powers that be to avoid prosecuting now, others who are similarly guilty. Well, and I understand that then you could have a whole bunch of politicians wind up in jail for a whole bunch of things, and maybe our society would be happier about that. Isn't but that I, draining the swamp? I, I do think about the, the world stage a little bit, though. And what are the optics of that look like if a whole bunch of our politicians wound up getting incarcerated? What does the world think of us? Do they dive into the minutiae of, well, those were just the corrupt people and the other people who were not bad are politicians still? Or does that kind of put us in the same place as a Ukraine or a Russia or any of the countries uh, that do seem to be overly corrupt within their government? No, but see, here's the thing. Um, Doesn't that sow distrust in the United States to the world? But we're already there. We're just not throwing them in jail. Well, no, because the rest of the world doesn't think that. The rest of the world doesn't believe uh, the narrative, at least from what you see out there, that our, our um, allies uh, follow us in certain ways. And I think I don't be know a the lot- treatment that Joe Biden got in Saudi Arabia tells me that they don't view him the way they have past presidents. The Saudis is, is not the example I'm talking about. I'm talking about the UK. I'm talking about France. I'm talking about our actual allies. I'm not talking about the Saudis. I'm not talking about North Korea. I'm not talking about China. And I'm not talking about Russia. I'm talking about the countries that would very, very negatively look at, mm-hmm. since none of those countries have done this, us incarcerating a whole bunch of politicians, whether they deserve it or not. Wouldn't it be better to just vote them out of office? Wouldn't it be better for these people to just go away? Uh, and I'm not saying they don't deserve pun- anyone that's getting mad right now. That might take. How dare Craig uh, say that politicians who did terrible things don't deserve to go to jail? It's fine. I, I would be as in support of it as I sound to be against it, except for the fact that there would be no way to spin it on a world stage. It would definitely make us um, unlikely to be a world leader moving forward, uh, certainly a moral leader, which is one thing the United States likes to be. And it might actually benefit places like China and Russia in their attempt to be the definitive a new United States of America on a world stage. Uh, China's obviously incredibly corrupt, but they won't admit it. I mean, COVID, let's look at COVID. Most people in our country now believe that a Chinese lab created COVID. Most people believe that by any any current poll. The Chinese government will never admit that. They, they won't even admit it to the World Health Organization, uh, an organization that they partially fund, uh, that then tried to force them to admit some stuff that they said, now we're not admitting to that. When you lie to that degree, however sad this might make you and I as people, it works on a national or international stage uh, to all the countries who go, well, they've never been proven to doing that. Nobody's proven it, so who knows? Uh, Because if China came out and said, yeah, we created COVID in the lab, Russia's not an ally anymore. Uh, North Korea's not really a friend. All the countries that, that help prop up China on a world stage go away. And wouldn't that happen to the United States? If we incarcerated a whole bunch of our politicians, if our whole system fell apart, uh, wouldn't people think, man, I don't know why I ever listened to anything those guys said. It would depend on who succeeded those corrupt politicians. Who was actually in power at the time, Um, because it would make us on paper one of the most corrupt countries in the world officially. What if if we already are? I I understand what you're saying, but no matter... Americans always think that we're squeaky clean and I don't think that. I really think that we're not any you know in a in a in a governmental sense I think yeah. we've reached a point where we're not any different than those other countries that you're talking about Let me ask you this you believe that a lot of countries a whole lot more than we know about are as corrupt as you're saying the United States could be 
don't you? Sure. Like a lot of – like pretty much all of the countries have a level of corruption that would be on par with the thing you're discussing. Well, I mean if you watched what happened during COVID and the you know the only thing that separates us from all of those other countries is our constitution. Sure. And during – and since you brought up COVID – uh, the uh, I watched, and so did you, and so Australia. did everybody else. Oh, they were they were locking Horrible. people up. Also, yeah, they, Australia full on authoritarian. New Zealand as well. Sure, but here's the thing: to say that they're that much more terrible than us, uh, it's it seems easy for people to forget that we had many many politicians and leaders who willingly violated the Constitution, shut people's businesses down, closed down schools, put people out of work. Right. My point in asking you the question, Mark, and I want to make sure the... They the, just couldn't throw us in the who's gal because of our Constitution. Thank you for using the word But if gal. we didn't have that, they'd have done yeah. it. Now, my point in asking that question was not to, to argue with you. No. And I want to make sure that no, the I'm listeners... No, I'm kind of agreeing with you. I know. I want to make sure the listeners totally understand my, my reason for, for bringing up the, the topic the way I do. And it's not to actually say I fully agree that all these countries are as corrupt as they they might be. I, it's it's hard to, to uh, wait. Uh, um, if you, you know, lost gauge. your business but during COVID because of that, you don't necessarily sure. think that no, no. we're any better. That's fine. But there, there's a point I want to make. If we're the only people through the door who admit it, it hurts us and no one else. And so I think it's highly unlikely that any other country in the world would um, would admit the level of corruption that could exist here right. uh, in the United States, according to you, not necessarily uh, something I'm saying, um, but in general. And I think it would demolish the United States' influence on a world stage for a long, long time. And so I think that as far as a a net benefit uh, within just the cone of what's going on here for me, for you, for the people uh, listening to this radio show right now, we might see a lot of benefit. And a whole lot of politicians who potentially did a lot of bad things wind up all in jail together. But I promise you that the overall net impact to our country, beyond our country, would not be good. It would be very, very bad uh, for a very long time. And so I wonder, does one outweigh the other as far as removing people from office, but not necessarily – because that's not a, a world story. People getting removed from office isn't the same as people going to jail. And so to me, one thing happening would be good for everyone and would not impact uh, influence. The other thing would potentially not be great um, as far as you know the, the ramifications of it to everyone that's not living here in the United States. Well, I think here's the thing. The, in my opinion, the system needs to be reset to it. You have to do a, re, a reboot. You have to, you know how you, if you have. Turn the computer on and off? No, you, you send it back to its, what do they call that? Uh, you, mm. you, I, I'm not a, I'm not a computer geek or anything mm. like that, but. You know, I've done it with You reset my... it to its factory settings? Yes, Is that exactly, about? exactly. You want us to set, you. reset ourselves yes, to our factory yes, settings? Okay. because there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the factory settings. I got you. So that's fine. It, so that's the yeah. purpose that it would right. serve, is reset us to our factory right. settings. But, Thank you. But you're welcome. But my, my argument, again, and it's... That's the, actually, I like that. I'm you're gonna welcome. Use, I'm going to use that. Yeah, that should be somebody's campaign slogan. Absolutely. Reset us to our factory yes. settings. Um, but but I, I will say this. My argument for why Trump should not go to jail is the same one I just made for anyone that got mad about it, about why I would much rather see politicians at some point proven 
to have done corrupt things, be removed from power, not allowed to, to get into power again, all that, but not necessarily incarcerated uh, unless they're actually killing people. I think killing people, you go to jail. Uh, some other thing, uh, you know, willingly working with foreign powers to take down the government would also be a thing that would be an exception to my rule. And that might be something that someone eventually uh, could show. Um, but that's even not something that Trump's accused of. What Trump's accused of right now is the possibility of harming our country, not actually doing it, because there is no proof that he did anything with any of those documents that caused any harm. My to the point United is, States. My, my point was just if he went to jail, uh-huh. even just for a day, mm-hmm. that exposes anybody else who uh, committed some sort of crime. Yeah, and, but- and because they, it seems like. They always get off the hook. But when you're at the top, I'm talking about both sides of the aisle. When you're at the top, uh, the United States is about as influential as a country gets with the right leader. I think that um, our current leader gets ignored uh, more than the United States should be ignored by people like Russia, like China. Um, But our, our country is at the top. And so to set ourselves to factory settings uh, means to obliterate our stance in the world um, for at least a while. And is that worth it to you? Would that be worth it to you to reset the system entirely as opposed to fixing the system as it exists now um, on a more granular level without necessarily having it be an entire, um, you know, reset? I think I don't think there's a choice. I think it has to be reset to the factory settings because we're the, the system has been so molded and morphed into something that it wasn't intended to be that we're playing in the wrong system. So the one thing I will say, uh, most Americans agree with you. And what I mean by that is I I gave a stat out the other week and I looked it up to make sure it's still true. Uh, 70-something percent of all Americans, Democrat, Republican, Independent, believe that politicians are no longer doing things that benefit them. How about, Um, how about, here's a a big thing, and, and since they won't do it, it needs to be forced on them. What if you can only serve no more than two terms in Congress? I'm fine with this. And, yeah. you know, maybe one term as a senator. Yeah. All these rules I'm fine with. I'm fine with changing our voting election laws to be much more stringent like they are in Florida. They're just not going to do that. Well, let's just that. go to the original factory settings, <laughs> which is election days in person, are yeah. in person sure. one day. Why not? There are exceptions, yes. right, for people who are sure. infirm or uh, maybe sure. maybe they're not in a position. They're out of the country. Sure. And then you fill out a form. I've done it before years ago when I had to travel yep. to request an absentee ballot. You have to have a reason. You have to show that you're not going to be able to be there. Sure. It wasn't hard to do. People can do that if they want. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, I don't think, and you uh, would agree with me on this, that the places that have other rules in place are likely to change no, but their I, rules. No, I, I don't yeah. disagree with you on that. Yeah. But my point is why, and maybe not you in particular, but just a question I'm throwing out there, why not. don't they want, why sure. do these places not want to do it that way? Good question. Don't have an answer myself. Well, I think everybody has a thought on that. <laughs> Quick break. We're way late again. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMD. One day would be easier for everybody. It's the Greg Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out for an extra segment. Uh, there's something I really wanted to talk to you about. I really wanted to ask you about 
that has nothing to do with Trump, Biden, politics, any of that crap. And this very much leans into the fact that you've been a, a sports uh, broadcaster for a very long time uh, in your career. And I still do it on the side. Right. And it's probably the thing that people most know you for um, when you pop on the show all the time. And my hair. And your hair. That's another that's thing. Anybody people, comes up yeah. to me, they have to make a comment about it. It is my hair. So I saw this story the other day, and I really wanted your opinion on it, of what sport would be next as far as the Live Golf PGA Tour oh. merger. Uh, what would the Saudis like to take over? The NFL. The NFL. Is that the one that they'd be most likely well, to get? Well, I'm just joking. Yeah. That's that's the big kahuna. Sure. It's the moneymaker. That's yeah. for sure. I said yesterday By the way, the what show, is this fascination with the USFL? I've, I've turned on some USFL <laughs> games. Sure. And nobody's at the game, mm-hmm. but major networks like Fox are broadcasting these games, and there's nobody there. Is that where we're going? I don't know. Like, people are performing, because it reminds me of the COVID baseball season where nobody was in the stands. Sure. So it was a made-for-TV event. Very sad. Yes. Very odd. If nobody's there, do we even know if they're actually playing at that particular (laughs) moment, or it was pre-recorded? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, and I I haven't noticed as much as you, but I'm I'm not watching any of the... And um, they did it... The NFL, didn't they have... Sure. Nobody at the game. That's for a little point, uh, for a very short amount of time. Yeah. I think they did that. Yeah. Um, but no, I. So Was that to condition us for some future wacky maybe type of? That's a good question. Um, but yesterday on my show, I said that I think the NBA would be the most likely next one, and I got a text that said China you know owns what? the NBA. You, you know what? You're probably right about that. The reason why I said because it is because they're already sort of under the wing of the Chinese. Sure. Well, that's that's what a listener said. I said it was more simplistic than that. Out of any major sport right now. Owning the absolute best players and then thus owning the entirety of the sport is easiest in the NBA after golf because there really is only a small subset of people that are at the absolute tippy top as far as talent goes. And beyond that, the amount of money they make, at least from their salary for playing the the sport itself, is way less than it should be because of the salary cap. I think baseball, even though it has the revenue sharing now, is still somewhat immune to the highest paid players in the land getting bought out by someone else with more money um, because you can still make a lot of money here, especially if you're a New York Met right now. And then I think the NFL, there's no real subset of, say, 20 or 30 guys that you would buy that would be enough to overtake the league. uh, The the problem that the NFL has in that regard is their competition is college football. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is um, if the NFL disappeared today, there's still great football competition in Division One football. Sure. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. So yes. it's like people would still have great football to watch. Yes. You'd still have your local high school teams and your small college teams. Yeah. Baseball's not like that where there's, you know, think about it. There's the College World Series, but you don't have other leagues to watch every night that create the excitement that college football creates. College football creates the same sort of excitement as the NFL. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I know people who are college football fans who aren't as big as on pro football and vice versa. I think that sort of leans into the point I'm making, is that yeah. it would be harder to buy a, a small percentage of the talent within a sport uh, in the NFL and then own... But that's what happened. Live Golf bought really good golfers yeah. for a lot of money, yeah. way more money this than they were going to make you in know, the PGA. This has been tried before sure. in, in history. Um, you know, you brought up baseball and... Early in the 20th century, there were other leagues. There was the Federal League, and there were other leagues that players jumped to, Mm -hmm. and they failed, but they didn't have TV contracts then and the kind of money that they have behind them now. 
but it's been done before. Yeah, no. This, this has just been done with tremendous financial backing. And and rapid. It, it was it was very quick to go from when uh, live golf was a thing to when the PGA was giving up and, and giving in yeah. and, and essentially, you know, connecting with them. And so I, I do think that... And Trump predicted that would happen. I know he did. I do think that this is likely to be a thing that the Saudi-backed um, groups do again. Well, maybe they... some... You know what? Maybe somebody could come along and buy baseball and kick Rob Manfred the hell out of the commissioner's <laughs> office. Sure. The thing that's a problem with baseball, and, and I think this is more so than the, the small subset of great talent, although baseball is a team sport in a way that I think basketball is not, uh, more like football. Um, but I do think in the world of baseball, the, the fact that you got Cohen out there slinging ridiculous amounts of money at people and uh, Steinbrenner before him, uh, the late, great George Steinbrenner, um, is why you'd never, ever see the America's favorite pastime, uh, at least to me and you, uh, really be taken over by anybody else, as the players can make obscene amounts of money already. I think the salary cap system uh, is likely obliterated if the Saudis go after any of our other major sports outside of baseball. Yeah. And so I, I, we'll see. It's, It'll be interesting. I mean, it's, uh, golf's different because... It's individuals yeah, there's performing. No, right. There's no salary cap. There's none of that. You're not putting together a roster of people. Mm-hmm. and uh, Right. So, But I think it's also unique because of the amount of elite talent. Uh, there's very, very little elite talent in golf um, compared to, uh, say, and I mean like the upper echelon yes. of talented people. Um, and Tiger Woods, I think, was offered like a billion dollars uh, by the, the Live Golf people and said no, uh, which is sort of crazy now. Um, but I don't think it'd be a good thing. I should say that the one last point I want to make is I don't think it'd be a good thing for our major sports if uh, the Saudis well, had more you know control what? over them. I understand why Tiger didn't want to put himself in that position. All right. Um, and I'm just guessing here, but I'm confident that from his perspective at this point in his career, if he did that, that would create pressure on other members, other peers of his that he didn't want to create. In other words, if they decided to jump, it wouldn't be because, hey, Tiger's doing this. Sure. I need to do this. Sure. Right? And 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 of all people, Tiger can make up that – he actually can make up that money somewhere else in endorsements and business deals and things like that. I agree and I disagree um, because Tiger is not even finishing uh, tournaments anymore. He's not finishing majors. No, but, majors. you know, you look at, look at, um, look at Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus sure. after they had – become less competitive and they weren't the guys that were at the top of the leaderboard anymore. Mm-hmm. They were out there creating products or having their names put on products. Yeah. They were uh, building golf courses. Right. They made so much money after they were sure. the best golfers in the world. And yeah. I think that's where Tiger is very close to being Tiger's now. Tiger's had some PR issues uh, during his sure, career. Sure, but, but he's still... If, he's still influential. he I steps onto a yeah. golf course oh, during yeah. a golf tournament... Yeah. People turn their television. Well, I'd on. pay money to show up to an event he was at. Absolutely, I, well, I admit that. Uh, one thing, I got a text that said uh, he disagrees with me. This it's like if Johnny Carson showed up after he was done with the Tonight <laughs> sure. Show. Yeah, he still got pulled. If Carson went on Letterman's right. show, mm-hmm. the guest was bigger than the host. Yes, I, right. I understand. Um, um, I got a text that disagreed with me that said Saudis, if they bought more sports, it'd be good because the sports would be less woke. Um, I don't disagree with you there. The sports would probably be less woke. But there, I do have a problem, uh, as most Americans do, especially being from the East Coast, uh, with the, the Saudi-backed um, uh, organizations. And I know this might sound like you're trying to be overly emotional or something about it, uh, but things like 9-11 still, still matter, still have relevance to me in these conversations. Sure. And I, I don't think that a government 
or a, a um, you know, uh, system that's backed by really, really dirty money somehow makes a sport better. Speaking I think of it which, makes it worse. did you notice that another Kroenke family team won a championship <laughs> last night? Fair enough. Yes, I did. I did. I did see that. The uh, Kroenkes yep. have won. Mm-hmm. They don't own. They don't own a, a, a baseball team. Right. But they've won the last NBA championship with the Denver Nuggets winning last. They night. won the Super Bowl when the yep. Rams won. And they won the last Stanley Cup uh, last year yeah. with the Avalanche. Yeah. Um, uh, How does that happen? I don't know. That, that's <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> it is. It's certainly something. How many years has it been for the Nuggets? Like 40-something uh, for them to have won a, a championship. So it's a big deal. Um, and obviously, uh, they probably have the actual best player in the NBA playing for them. Uh, last night, uh, the Miami Heat definitely couldn't make another sort of historic comeback in that series. I barely watched any NBA this year, though. I'll be honest. Did you watch any? Uh, no, I turned on two games All right. because there's a uh, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. who's on the Celtics, is from St. Louis, yep. which is where I grew up. Yep. And uh, from all accounts, this guy is a tremendously decent human being, very generous, mm-hmm. comes back, does things in his hometown, takes care of people. Yeah. And I kind of root for him. Sure, that makes sense. So I'll turn the Celtics on once in a yeah. while because of the way he conducts himself. It's just so weird. I, I will say this, and then we'll take a break. Um, growing up as a kid in the 80s and 90s when Michael Jordan was at yeah, the height of his absolutely. talent. Oh, this is not the same NBA as no, then. No, what I would say is that I thought the NBA would probably always be a premier yeah. sport in my yeah. lifetime. It would always be at the top echelon of things that I paid attention to. Uh, baseball, always something I cared about, too. Uh, both of those sports, according to a lot of people have lost their influence on our society. I disagree a lot in the baseball one, uh, and I kind of hate some of the changes that are happening, as I know you do too. Uh, but the basketball one, I, I full, fully agree with. The The influence of the NBA today compared to the late 80s, early 90s is, is utterly different. There's no, as much as some people want to say that LeBron embodies this, there aren't any stars in the NBA that are like Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. Kareem, Larry Bird. Uh, I, I think probably Kobe was the last one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Larry Bird, mm-hmm. uh, you name it. The, that era, which probably spanned about 20, 25 years, yeah. was probably the greatest era of professional basketball in this country. And it can happen again, mm. but... I think you also need a Michael Jordan. I think you need a definitive best player well, playing better than all these other great but it players. But wasn't just it wasn't just Jordan, Craig. I know it, it wasn't. It was, it was Jordan against uh, you Patrick know, Ewing, Jordan Pat, against Hakeem Olajuwon, exactly. Yeah, Jordan against. I mean, not that they it ever played. It was Magic the finals. against Bird. Sure. It was you know you had these right. these you know it's like baseball's got a little of this right now. When the Yankees play the Angels, it's Otani and Judge, mm-hmm. or you have these great pitchers, and they're yeah. facing each other. Yeah. But you don't really have that in the NBA. Yes, they're great players. Athletically, they may be as good or better than some of the players from the era I'm talking about. Sure. But for whatever reason, they're not as compelling. Yeah, no, they're just not. We don't know them as people. We've, right. we've And we didn't really know Michael Jordan, and we didn't really know Magic John. But... They made sure that they were out there enough mm-hmm. in a way that made us feel like 
hey, I like that guy. Let me ask you a different question. I like that guy, and I'm going to watch that guy. I think at his height, Michael Jordan was the most popular or famous person on the planet. Yes. I think that, that he was more uh, famous than presidents, yes. more famous. Than, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Right now. That's why he was referred to as the Babe Ruth of basketball. Sure. Yeah. And actually, uh, Larry Bird himself even called him God, uh, dressed as Michael Jordan. Um, uh, let me ask you right now. Who's the most famous athlete on the planet right now today? Right. Most famous. Gee, I wouldn't even be able to guess. Okay. Um, I would say... Current, currently playing. By the, anyone listening right now, don't give me someone not playing. If you follow certain sports and mm -hmm. don't follow others, you're going to have a totally different perspective on this. I don't think this. Jordan was, was subject to that. The first person that pops into my mind because yeah. of where they are and who they play for and the success they've had recently oh, I'm excited is about this. Aaron Judge. I knew it. Oh, I feel so good about no, that. No, I think he's the most easily identifiable yes. athlete playing right now. I wholeheartedly agree with you and you probably know, it, the I, most talented, um, you know, honestly. Well, I mean... <laughs> I, I totally agree with you, no, Mark. No, he, he's... he's so a, we agree on this hard. He's a great player yeah. and yeah. he has presented himself in a way that those people that I was talking about, Jordan, mm -hmm. when, when you, if anybody remembers how Judge carried himself in Toronto last year when the little kid yeah. who uh, was a big Judge fan mm -hmm. from Toronto, right. you know, he didn't, he, 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 got, he caught a home run ball or he wanted to meet him and it was, and Judge said, I, I, the kid had a sign or whatever yep. and Judge found out about it and he told whoever works in the PR department for the Yankees. I want this kid, Here's give them tickets for tomorrow's mm -hmm. game, and mm -hmm. I want him down in the dugout mm -hmm. before the game, and I want to meet him. Yep. And um, he didn't do that for a photo op. He did that because that's the kind of person he is. Anyone ever that listens to the show that thinks that Mark Strauss and I disagree on stuff, just know we both think Aaron Judge is the absolute greatest. I didn't that's say what it. We both I said, I we both said I, it verbatim I, in those I words. Didn't say, we said we love Aaron Judge. We're wearing Aaron Judge jerseys next Tuesday no. together at this show. That's all the things you said, right? I heard him. Uh <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm an idiot, is what you want to no, say. There. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, funny. I'm just saying that no, uh, he he totally he wouldn't agree. have to be. A, I think what he is yeah. is that he's a decent, human, human likable human being mm -hmm. who happens to play baseball for the New York Yankees and is tremendously talented, uh, tremendously talented, and has the home run right. record in the American League, right. which is the real home run record because he wasn't full of steroids the whole time. Um, and we agree on all this stuff. You don't even have to chime in. <laughs> Uh, no. All right, fine. A quick break, a lot more. Thank you, Mark, for staying extra. Sorry <laughs> that I'm obnoxious at times. A uh, quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Will Stevenson along in about a minute to do some news and stuff for us. Uh, after the news, I will talk to my lovely wife, Betty, about her Spanish word of the day and some other things. Um, before I take a break, though, I just wanted to say real quick, and I heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins joking about this before. There's yet another list of boomerisms. Uh, I think this is on BuzzFeed.com. Um, and honestly, there's a bunch of these that don't feel like boomerisms at all to me. A millennial. I'm in my uh, mid-30s. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know my age uh, by the voice, my sound, I had someone tell me that the other day. They're like, man, I thought you were way older uh, than you are. Nope, I'm in my, my mid to, well, uh, maybe getting later and later into my 30s. Uh, but a few of these just don't really feel uh, like things that matter. Uh, boomers hate the plastic bag ban is a thing that's apparently a boomerism. I also am annoyed by the plastic bag bans that exist, not here, but some other places. Uh, boomers love calling salads rabbit food. I think I've heard other people uh, do that as well. Uh, boomers love to sit motionless in front of football games for six hours. Uh, yeah, 
depending on the sport, a whole lot of us sit basically motionless in front of a whole lot of things uh, that happen in the world of sports. And I, this is weird. It's a weird list. Um, but I, maybe I'll get to more of that later. Uh, Will's got the news. AM 1470. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. The Camilla Cabello ban was just a mistake. It's just a um, you know happenstance, not on purpose. Uh, my wife Betty coming along momentarily. Uh, to give us the word of the day and to chit-chat with me a little bit on the show. Um, she's just um, finishing up her day job uh, doing other things, uh, so she'll be here in just a, a couple minutes, as I said, and probably just uh, jump in right away as soon as she gets into the studio. I think this is interesting. I saw a stat, and yes, I've been talking about this more than some want me to, uh, aliens, uh, but I saw a stat, I think the New York Post says this out, of the most and least likely places, most likely states, uh, to both uh, get and survive an alien invasion. And I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, there's no real uh, data points that make any of this truly make sense. Uh, but why not do it, especially at a time when we're talking about aliens? Uh, but Illinois uh, did pretty well. Uh, we actually came in at number six for most likely to survive an alien invasion. Uh, so uh, good job, us. Uh, Betty, how you doing? Uh, nice to have you on the show. Hi, Craig. <laughs> Glad mm-hmm. to have you here. Do I talk about aliens too much yes. sometimes on the show? Are okay. you having bad dreams or something? <laughs> no, not having bad dreams. I think it's fun. I, I think the idea of aliens is more amusing than um, I'm worried than about you, Craig. Are you? Because yes. of the alien thing yeah. too much? Well, like, uh, I don't know. I, I think that it'd be fun, though, right? Like, they're, they're probably not mean. Maybe they're nice. I'm, I'm picturing, you know, like, these green little <laughs> tiny men, like, yeah. kind of like, yeah, like little like ones. gelatin. Yeah, you know? yeah, not big ones. Like, yeah. Ones we can fight if we need to fight them. They're yes. maybe just, like, friendly. Friendly, friendly. E.T., uh, a bunch of E.T.s. Yes. Okay, yes. there you go. See, that sounds good. <laughs> then there's nothing to worry about. Then we're all okay. Uh, how's your work going? How are you doing? Good, good, okay. good. I'm doing good. You're almost done. You have one day left, and then you got a, a week long vacation. It's not like I'm vacation. Gonna, you're not quitting. Yes. I know you're not quitting. Yes, you got a week long vacation. You're going to Mexico. No, yeah. I mean, it's, I wish it longer, but yeah. right. It's supposed to be a vacation, <laughs> but you have already a lot of plans for things you're going to do, uh, stuff you're going to, you know, help out with the farm and everything else with. So yeah. you're going to get very little actual vacation. Yeah. Uh, just promise me and the listeners that you'll take like a few hours. Kick your feet up oh, on relax. some sort of thing. <laughs> like put your feet up on something, have a, an iced tea in your hand and sip it or an I'm alcohol. I'm going to grab my coffee and feed the goats <laughs> uh, Yeah, there the you farm. go. Yes. Yeah, feed whatever you want. Yes. Uh, do whatever you want. Hang out. And as I said, like maybe I have uh, an alcoholic uncle beverage. whose uh, nickname is my uncle uh, Conejo, mm-hmm. which means uh, my uncle Rabbit. Yep. Um, he he owns a bunch of like uh, goats, goats. Mm-hmm. so it's always fun to go and watch them. He, yes. he doesn't own just yes. a couple; he has a lot, a lot of goats, the full giant thing <laughs> of goats. Yes, yeah. And so, okay, you're going to do some of that. Uh, what else are you planning on doing while you're in Mexico? You've got the confirmation. Yeah. Go to mass with mom, mm-hmm. right. uh, pray and pray a okay. lot because it's all uh, like farmers' season. Let's talk about the mass thing for a second. Uh, you and I go to church every single week. For the most part, we go to the Philomena 730 mass, what yeah. I call like the last chance mass. Yes. It's definitely the latest one in town. Yes. And I, I got to say uh, that Father David flies through that thing. Like he's, he's rapid fire. <laughs> yes. He speaks like I speak. It's very quick. Yes, you guys are so, pretty yeah. similar. Sometimes yeah. we get out in under, under like 45 Five. minutes, which yep. just seems crazy. Um, yeah. But we got all the mass. We got all the pieces. So yep. I, don't, I don't think it's bad. Anyone I don't that tells, think so. Okay, anyone no. that tells me it's bad, I think they're wrong. Uh, but I, I talk to you uh, during Mass, don't I? 
<laughs> oh my god if my mom would be there he would like we pinching pinching you do you pinch me like a, you do yeah it's when I just like just, just a little bit pretend, pretend just, that no I'm it's not always no, pretend, pretend, pretend it's a little, okay it's a little pretend <laughs> uh, but how excited are you to go to mass for a week with your mom and not with this guy not with me <laughs> yes I'm excited I always like see close to her and Hug I her. pretend sometimes that I'm a, still like a child and she's like you are not a child anymore but <laughs> <laughs> it's one of your favorite memories as a kid going to mass yes, with mom. Yes, yeah. yes. Cuz you guys walk. The the church that you go to is like 6 blocks from your yeah, house. Yeah, we walk. Yeah. And you just want it's just a little town. It's the mm-hmm. only church in the town yeah, and all the, the people go mm-hmm. uh, because everybody in town seems to be a catholic. So the entire town <laughs> yes. goes to that mass. Do you guys have two masses or just one? Well, we have three, correct? Oh, you have three? Yeah. Okay, I've only ever seen yeah. two. Do you have a is there a Saturday one? Uh, no, we don't. Have okay, there's three Sunday yes. options. There's yeah. an early, a midday, and then a... 6 a.m., okay. 12, and 7. There's a 7 o'clock? Yes. No way. Yes, there's a 7 p.m. Is mass? It, is it mass like all the like, teenagers and kind of like yeah. young Last adults go, yeah. go and kind of like wait for the girls in chat? And, Far and away, the most popular one, the one your mom goes to, is the noon one, right? Yes. Okay, yes. yeah, that's, yes, that's, that's pretty much the whole town is yeah. in that thing. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy because when we... It's pretty full all the time. When we go to church in the United States, it's not full. There's, there's seats open. We can get pretty close to the front. And when you go to church in Mexico, um, it's it's jam-packed. It, yeah. it feels like somebody's yeah. about to open for, like, you know, uh, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yes. The entire Sometimes place I is tell closed. my mom, yeah. you know what? I prefer to stay at home and just pray here because it's just too many people. <laughs> now you always go. I, you might say that, but then you always go. Um, but, yeah, no, so have fun with that. Is there anything else you want to talk about that you're going to be doing in Mexico? It's a little bit dangerous right now, so people, uh, please pray yeah, for my wife. Yeah, well, I'm getting used to it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like my country being my country. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff going on in my town. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I might... My mom usually tell me bad stories about about it, like yes. lately there been, you know, shootings yeah, and scary. like drones around and, um, yeah, it's just like, well, at at this point, what what can we do? You know, it's just kind of like hide and 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 pray. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Well, that's that's well. Or the other thing you guys do do is you keep living your life. Um, because yes, a majority... it's just like kind of like coronavirus. It's like you gotta just you do gotta it. get food in your table, you gotta work, you gotta do whatever you have to, to survive. So it's just, just the same thing. Do it. And, yeah. and I will say this, the majority of the violence, uh, even though it's scary in your town, is cartel against cartel. Yes. So they, they are killing each other yes. more so than killing innocent people, but it's happening on the streets of your hometown. Yep. They're even flying drones now, yeah. you said, yeah. to, to kind of sort of monitor yes. who's doing what in the town? Well, it's just because like, there are little, like, little uh, small groups of, of narcos or gangsters or however you you can call them. Yeah. So the big ones, I wanted to just get rid of those area uh, or those little small groups. Right. So they just don't care. They just go and like clean the streets. So it's, yeah. it's pretty sad, but it is what it is. And the only thing I'll say, and this is not in any way, shape or form supposed to sound like a benefit, uh, but the only thing I'll say is it's very eye opening um, for me or for anyone to actually go be in a place that's very different from our country and some of the, the challenges or, or things you're afraid of or the things that, you know, you're you're worried about. Um, because like cops don't help there. No. Um, no one rushes toward danger the no. way I talk about it here in the United States. When you hear shootings and stuff, the cops are the last people to yeah. show up sometimes yeah. out of some of those things because it's just a very, very different it country uh, and a, a very, very different, not really hidden uh, form, of, form of challenges. Uh, so it, it makes you grateful for some of the things yeah. that we have here yes, that don't yeah. exist other places and certainly don't exist on the streets of a small town in Mexico. 
um, but I'm praying. I'm very upset I'm not going with you. I, I wanted to go <laughs> with you know, very bad. I know, Chris. Uh, there's a, a reason I can't go uh, that I don't want to talk <laughs> about much on the radio, um, but I, w- I would definitely go if I could. Um, and, and I'm not super thrilled uh, you're going with, but you're, you know, like you said, you're from there. You've got a bunch. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, maybe I just broadcast shows down there and just go. Maybe yeah, I just decide. Maybe you should it's gonna be very. I'm dropping you off at the airport on <laughs> yes. Thursday morning, yeah. and I think I might just board that plane, and then I might just like text somebody and be like, <laughs> yeah. "I'm on the plane, guys. What are yeah, we doing now?" To yeah. be honest, it's super like uh, weird yeah. uh, mm-hmm. whenever I had to travel without, without you. Me, yeah, right. Because uh, I feel like we're con- we are just kind of like a team, yeah. and uh, and we, it's only happened twice yeah, counting this twice, one. Yeah. Every single time that we go to Mexico, we go, go together. together. So mm-hmm. it's just pretty strange. Yeah, yeah I might board that plane, Betty. Well, there's, there's no, or I might get arrested trying like to board Superman the plane. Behind, yeah, through, who knows? That might be cool. Yeah, put me in the luggage. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, one other thing I want to talk to you about before your word of the day, and you have a Spanish word of the day today. You have yes, one I just okay. I'm watching those those words of the day because it's it's a lot of stress. To no, create no, no. It's just like I just keep working through the day, and by the end of the day, I'm like, wait, I'm forgetting something. Okay, the word of the day. <laughs> you need the Spanish word of yeah. the day. Uh, before that, I, I found a list. I want to ask you about it. These yeah. are the sex. Sexiest jobs, right. uh, according to men and women. And so first, the list of sexiest jobs, uh, according to women. I want you to tell me if you think these jobs are indeed. You don't have to word, use the word sexy if you don't want. That's all uh, right. But I, I think the way Betty would say it is, oh, hello. Right? Oh, hello. No, yes. when, when you see, like, military guys training, what do you <laughs> oh, say? Give it to me the way you say it. <laughs> no, babe. Yes, no, you, say, you say, oh, hello. I'm sorry. That's no, fine. You can call me babers on the air. That's okay. Yes. Uh, so here are the, the top ten sexiest jobs. Number one. Firefighter. Did, does that get a Betty? Oh, hello. Oh, yes. Just give me the yes, oh, hello. Yes, yes. No, <laughs> okay, no, fine. No, fine, you won't no. do it. Uh, number two, a builder was on this list. Somebody a who builder. can build so like yeah, construction guy. Yeah, they're usually pretty like muscle so and an, like so strong. Be, you get a full oh, hello from Betty for that <laughs> yes, job. Yes. All right, that's fine. Police officer number three uh, for sexy jobs, according to women. Yeah. Doctor number four. Mechanic yeah. number five. A mechanic. Uh, tell me. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, I think all the, the works that requires, like, you do, like, um, mm-hmm. strength on your muscles, sure. just like your, your, uh, body started to build up and you just look, like, tough. And also the fact that very few people can fix cars now. You know, like, mechanics <laughs> yes. have a unique skill, builders yes. have a unique skill, not yeah. many have. And then here, I want to give you the last two, numbers nine and ten on this list. Farmer, number nine. Oh, yes. hello, sexy job. Okay. Yeah. Betty says hello again. Uh, number ten, lawyer. Is also an oh hello. Not as much. Not oh, not as, as much. much. You don't. You think that they're. You know. It's all right. Yeah, they're not yeah. always telling the truth all the time. Well, they dress super nice. They do of dress course, nice because they have a lot of money. They have a they lot of money. That's true. Like, yeah. You're Fancy. definitely the one missing on this list, though. Radio host. <laughs> no, no, Craig. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, do you, does radio host get no, no hello I'm from just, you? I'm just uh, laughing because I saw your face looking at me like, uh, "What are you gonna say?" Of course. Of they, course. They're, yes. Oh man, so much oh hello. Yes, the very time. Yeah, yeah. Radio voices is what you always yeah, say. They're yeah, they're sexy uh, radio hosts. Why stop? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'll get to the, gir- the the list that men think is attractive uh, later. I don't have to do that one with you unless you want them. Do you want some of them quickly? Sure. Flight attendant, nurse, secretary, teacher, actor, police officer also on the list. A doctor, bartender, maid, and singer are the things that men yes, find indeed. attractive. All of those. You think that yes. those probably make sense? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to plead the fifth because the missus is on the radio with me. Um, <laughs> before I let you go, what's the word of the day? Oh, that's an easy one for you, since right. uh, your family came from Italy. Oh, here we go. Uh, it's uh, something that you love, Craig. Mm-hmm. You love, love, love. Mm-hmm. You always get super happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
The word of the day is uh, albondigas. Albondigas. Yes. Yes, I know that word. Albondigas. That means meatballs. Yes, albondigas. Yes. 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 Are you going to make albondigas before you go to Mexico? <laughs> no, they require a lot of time. Okay, so no so, albondigas. No albondigas. <laughs> Maybe frozen albondigas. Maybe frozen albondigas. Yes. Yeah, I can make those on my own. Sometimes uh, Aldi has a pretty good they albondigas. Do. They have great yes. ones. Aldi used to have amazing ones. Albondigas. And then yeah. they stopped serving yeah, them. They okay. send them from Chicago and they stopped. Uh, sending those. I know. It's very sad. Yeah, no more albondigas. Not enough cows. The Spanish word of the day brought to you by Betty Collins, my beautiful <laughs> wife. Um, we Thank are you, teaching Craig. Spanish to Central Illinois one, one word, word at a time. Day. Right, exactly. Today's word, albondigas, <laughs> yes. uh, which my grandmother believes cures diseases. Um, yeah. Hers. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I told you yesterday about uh, this uh, girl uh, here in the building. I think mm -hmm. she lives here in the building. Yes. She's like, I was listening to your uh, word of the day, and uh, she, she tried to repeat it, and she forgot. And I don't blame her because I tried to remember her name, and I don't remember Denise her name. Denise or something? I thought it started with a D, it, something it, like that. Her name started with a D, but I was okay. so, so uh, glad that she said hi to me. She's like, yeah. Betty, and I'm like... Okay, I'm yes. being recognized, and, yes. so, and I on got the, super on happy. On the elevator in the building we work in, because it's the rest of it is residential yeah. floors, on your way home. Someone yes. was very happy to meet you. Yes. Yeah. She has like an adorable doggy, like a little fluffy, <laughs> little <laughs> tiny dog. Okay, good. Yes. Well, I hope she knows the word of the day today, albondigas. Albondigas. There you go. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Betty, as always, for being on the show. A quick break, a lot more radio host, very sexy. <laughs> yes. Okay, thank you. Yes, a quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig College Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, one of my favorite places to go in town is the VFW in Peoria Heights. I uh, just asked today if Betty and I are there all the time. Uh, we did draw the winner for the um, raffle that goes on there on Saturday. That was fun. Uh, Betty took it very seriously. Uh, she closed her eyes. She turned away. She uh, took a long time to pick the ticket. I was very impressed uh, with Betty's integrity. Not that I doubted it for a second. Uh, but if you want to bump into us there, uh, if you want to get amazing tacos, uh, Betty says the best in town, uh, you can do that tonight. It is Taco Tuesday at the VFW, 1505 East Lake Avenue in Peoria Heights, 309-682-9875 uh, is the phone number, 309-682-9875. Open to the public. Uh, they serve food on Tuesday, uh, Friday, and Saturday. They have a game room. they got a pool table that people don't use as much as at other bars, so it's opened uh, more often than some others are. they got a giant back room where they stage events and stuff. There's a bunch of reasons to hang out at the VFW, not just because uh, Betty and I are there. And she totally brought a Keurig uh, that she had uh, that she doesn't use. Uh, she got it as a gift from a family member. I'm not going to say any more uh, there because she now wants to make coffee drinks from time to time for people. Uh, that's the, the Betty drink that's there. It's adorable. Uh, actually, they also do give you – I always forget to mention this. They give you stuff when you say my name. If you say Craig Collins Show while getting tacos, you get an extra one for free. You buy three, you get a fourth one free. Uh, there's even drinks that you get discounts on like Casper Beer if you say give me the Craig Collins Show special at the VFW 1505 East Lake in Peoria Heights. Uh, a couple quick things. We'll take a break and do the top five at five. Uh, this story did not make the top five at five, but I'm sure it's interesting to a lot of people. Pat Sajak is officially retiring uh, as the host of Wheel of Fortune. Uh, the upcoming season, which starts in September, will be his last. He announced it on Twitter, on social media, uh, right at six o'clock, uh, right as my show ended yesterday. Now, what I think is interesting about that, and I don't know why it is, but recently, and you got to kind of look for it to see it, 
there have been a lot of stories, uh, mostly viral social media ones, that try to like say that Pat Sajak is is bad somehow, or, or he's doing stuff that should get him uh, fired by the woke police. And it's always stupid. When you always click on it and watch the video, it's always barely a version of whatever they were saying they think the thing was. There was even one that went viral where he like tackled a contestant, uh, but it was totally a joke when you watch the actual video. So I was a little disappointed uh, to see this because I don't know what the war has been um, and however even well it's been waged. I, again, you got to look for this. This isn't the most viral of stuff out there. But there are a lot of clickbaity stories uh, that try to tell you that Sajak is somehow a, a bad guy. Uh, they're not they're not true. And uh, he's definitely had a good run. Forty first season of um, Wheel of Fortune will be his last. A couple other quick things before we take a break and Will does some news. Can you make yourself luckier? That was an actual question asked out there into the world. And people said that there might be ways that you could try to do this. Act like you're lucky was number one on the list, which I like a lot because there's no definitive proof that that's going to do anything for you. But, hey, just having a good mental attitude uh, might make you take more risks than you would take otherwise. And if you know anything about math, the more risks you take, uh, not the more likely you are to succeed per risk, but the more likely you're to succeed some of the time. Uh, And maybe those wins uh, will make you forget about the additional losses from throwing your hat in the ring more. Uh, Shake up your routine. Is another thing they say, get out of your comfort zone and see if that's something that somehow benefits you. And if it's not, go straight back into your comfort zone. I'm adding that, I'm adding that second part, but I imagine it should be there. And then finally, have a short-term memory. Uh, that's something that people apparently who, who uh, don't take chances or don't uh, find themselves in, in good situations might sometimes do. You might overly beat yourself up for the failures. Um, every segment I do on this radio – as soon as I hit the microphone off button and throw it to whatever I'm throwing it to, a part of me might want to reevaluate it and think if I did it right or not. But that part of me not you know, going to be listened to. Not important, according to the scientists, because short-term memory is what matters. Uh, I think the Ted Lasso quote, and I know Ted Lasso season three, not that great, uh, but the Ted Lasso co- uh, quote is very good, uh, which just means to you know um, be the type of animal that doesn't really think about anything, uh, that kind of forgets things the moment that they are over uh, and don't do the human thing of thinking about it a whole bunch. So I'm, I'm a fan of that. All right, quick break. Uh, Will's got the news. Uh, after the news, it's the top five stories at five o'clock, uh, which are the five biggest stories, according to me. A very sad one, easily going to be one of the five stories in the news today. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It's the top five at five. And uh, the biggest story, I usually don't do these in order, but I feel like this is the correct order today, at least locally, is the story about finding a body. Uh, in Peoria. Will, more information on this? Um, yeah. Uh, this uh, gentleman, 55-year-old Eric King of South Dakota, was reported missing by his family just on Sunday. The investigation led deputies this afternoon to a storage facility on Farmington Road in West Peoria. He was found inside the storage facility and uh, was pronounced uh, dead at the scene. Is there any other information we have as to whether or not there's a, um, you know, investigation into if this was foul play or if this was, um, you know, a person independently doing a thing. Is there any, any information on any of that? There was no there were a no uh, signs of foul play, according to Sheriff Chris Rock Watkins. But an autopsy will be done tomorrow to determine an official cause of death. But it looks like it uh, 
it uh, it isn't a uh, suspicious yeah. death, and that's from that standpoint. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that that story is um, surprising uh, to say the very least. Obviously, um, very sad component to it too. Um, yeah. Can you remember a story quite like that, where a storage facility was? Uh, a place where people located a, a missing person? Actually, very recently, um, within the last, uh, I think last year at some point, uh, in rural Knox County, a body was found inside a storage locker um, where deputies had gone uh, at a report of a suspicious odor. And was they, that person um, someone who was from the area? Y- yes. Um, okay. It was actually a former, I believe, police chief of the community of McQuan, a yeah, very small I, community I should, in Knox County. I should County. rephrase my, my um, question for you. Uh, someone who's not from our area uh, no, being found No, I, I don't recall that, at least yeah. in my recent memory. It's possible, I suppose, but yeah. no, I don't remember anything. It just that, struck that me as a, Knox County right. is as close as it gets. It just struck me as a really surprising uh, story and a surprising end to um, a story quite like that. Yeah, uh, how sto- long was the person missing? It uh, was reported missing on Sunday. How okay. uh, long he was actually missing, we don't know, but gotcha. uh, it turns out the uh, storage facility that uh, King was found in was rented out to him. Oh, gotcha. So okay. that, yeah, no, I, again, yeah, kind of leads more to the no-fault yeah. play thing. No, I, I understand. I'm I'm following what the likely probably assumptions yeah. are um, in how this all occurred. And then one more time, where was the person from? Sorry. Uh, South Dakota. Okay. All right. Um, thank you very much for the reporting on that story. You're welcome. That story is jarring. Uh, no other information to report on that, right? I'm not going to cut you no, off. Before. Nothing on that again. Okay. Just an autopsy will be conducted probably tomorrow. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the top five stories at five, not exactly a fun topic, but certainly one that caught my attention and maybe your attention too, because of the the aspect that the person was not from around here, although obviously probably uh, has connections to here, or at least the storage facility was in their name here. All right. Other top five stories at five, of course, uh, one of the biggest stories being talked about today is the former president of the United States, President Trump, uh, appearing in court saying he's not guilty of the federal charges against him for mishandling classified documents. Um, this is different from the court case against him in Manhattan that is not about uh, the mishandling handling of classified documents, but is 100 percent about um, business related crimes or lack thereof. Um, and certainly the Manhattan case, uh, according to a lot of people, especially when it first came out, uh, seems to be overly politically just broken Uh, What I mean by that is it seems as though the intention is to charge Trump with felonies that aren't really felonies uh, for crimes that he probably can easily say he had no idea his organization, not he, committed. Because uh, even in that lawsuit and in what's going on with the grand jury in Manhattan, uh, there's no actual proof right now uh, that Trump personally did things that they're saying he did. Uh, It's very odd. Uh, The federal case, though, is quite a bit different. Uh, The federal case is a whole lot of counts, 37 uh, counts, I think, um, saying that he mishandled classified documents. I read the entire indictment uh, last night just because I I felt like it uh, before he popped up into court today. It's only like 40-something pages. Uh, You can read it yourself. Uh, One of the things that a lot of experts were saying even yesterday is that the most damaging potential um, uh, accusation is one in which Trump was showing off a document to a reporter. Um, or discussing a document with a reporter and a couple other staff members uh, were in the room at Mar-a-Lago and said that this document was classified 
and that he could have declassified it when he was in office as the president, but he didn't. And so what are they going to do about it? It it sounds as though it's a document that Trump might have wanted the reporter to report on, uh, which is interesting in and of itself. Um, But that was essentially the the um, totality of the conversation, or at least what was relevant in the indictment. And they're saying there's audio of that. Uh, The problem with that, uh, the significance to that, is that would be uh, Trump admitting uh, that he knew the documents he had were not, um, you know, declassified, uh, which is one of the most likely defenses uh, that he will use, that he had a standing order to declassify things uh, that walked out of the uh, White House with him. So we will see whether or not that recording is something that becomes public information, is played in court, uh, that people can uh, judge and react to. Um, But there is no question, in my opinion, uh, that there is a political slant, a political motivation to this. And I'm not saying that to try to be biased, and I'm not going to dwell on that for much longer uh, than just stating it again, because there is literally almost the exact same crime. I say almost uh, the exact same crime, uh, having uh, been accused of, occurred, whatever the words should be, of our current president when he was the vice president and even a senator, of um, Hillary Clinton when she had all that stuff electronically. Maybe it wasn't uh, documents in boxes. It was a whole bunch of emails on a server uh, that was public that shouldn't have been. And then, of course, of Mike Pence, uh, who said that he willingly allowed people to search his home and found classified documents there. The only different differentiating factor to some is the fact that Trump tried to um, bypass or work around Uh, The demands to return said classified documents. All of the other politicians claim that they worked uh, 100 percent with the um, with the government and at no point uh, tried to do anything to, to, you know, uh, essentially subvert their ability to get documents that they deserve. Uniquely, though, uh, Biden seems to be admitting uh, through everything that happened with him, our current president, that he had documents in his garage uh, of his home for years, a lot of years. And the other thing that's weird about Biden's compared to Trump's is we don't even know the exact number. Uh, Most reports say a small number of classified documents were found at his office and then found at his home. Uh, But we know exactly the amount of documents with Trump. Um, And so I want to play a piece of audio. And then, like I said, I actually will move on. And I want to just simply state this, that all four of those politicians uh, that I just said out loud, Hillary Clinton, definitely among them, uh, especially as someone that deleted a whole bunch of emails. And when I say deleted, I mean full on destroyed them. Uh, She used a program that actually gets misunderstood. People think that literal bleach, like actual chemical, was poured on computers. There's actually a a virus style program that's called um, um, bleach bit that you can run on a computer to destroy it, that destroys it very differently than, say, pouring something on it. Uh, They did that to to cell phones, computers. They destroyed 30,000-plus emails uh, so that the government uh, couldn't really evaluate what was on them. And the reason they did that, they said, is they were personal. Uh, They they didn't matter. Uh, The lawyers did it, and you guys just have to take them at their word for it. So that – Crimes. There's crimes here, and there's even the the demonstration of maybe some subverting the requests made by the government, yet no one has been uh, tried except, of course, uh, Trump. So I want to play this audio, and you decide if this is true or false, because you're hearing it a lot right now, and you're hearing it only about Trump. 
The idea that no person is above the law is a bedrock principle of American justice. No man is above the law, no matter what the crime. And I agree with you. No, no man is above the law. No person is above the law. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. No one's above the law. No one is above the law. No man is above the law. Nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. No man is above the law. I'm just going to stop it right now. We're only 20 seconds in. This goes for several minutes. That's media. You heard Pence's voice in there. You heard a lot of people. Uh, I will just say this, and I know it's a top five at five. And I'm already basically out of time, so I can't help it. Um, I agree with that as a as a simple idea in society. I don't want anyone to be above the law. You don't want anyone to be above the law. None of us want anyone to be above the law. But if this actually were true in execution, if this actually were something that our government followed to a T, uh, Bill Clinton would have gone to jail when he admitted that he perjured himself, that he lied under oath. Uh, that he tampered with witnesses, all because he was trying to cover up infidelity, uh, which is eventually why um, the decision was made not to indict him and go after him in any sort of uh, courtroom setting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I know he was impeached only partially, just like Trump, uh, not entirely. Uh, but the reason that there was never a court case, there was never a you know um, a mugshot debate as to whether or not uh, Clinton would take one or any of that is because our society or our, our powers that be chose – uh, that that individual, uh, being a former president who was just about done with his second term, uh, didn't need to go through that process. He was, in fact, above the law. I'm sure there's a lot of people that disagree with that, but we did it. And the reason we did it, the reason the politicians did it, is they thought it was the greater good. Who would want to see a president hauled off in handcuffs and, and thrown behind bars, uh, especially when so many Americans voted for said individual? The same is true for Trump. Uh, Trump did not, according to any of the indictment, I read all of it, actually do anything that truly put the United States at risk. Uh, the United States has, has received or collected uh, via the subpoena and everything else, uh, the raid, all of the documents that Trump was trying to keep, all of the different things that make this such a uh, quote-unquote scary type of offense for uh, former President uh, Trump or for Pence or for Hillary uh, Clinton or for um, you know uh, our current President Biden. None of those things actually occurred. And so it's a simple statement. It's not a statement intended to be as biased as it sounds. And I'm sure a lot of people hear it as real, real bias. Uh, but if we're unwilling to have Pence go through the process of being in trouble for classified documents in his home, we're unwilling to have our current president go through that process, unwilling to have Hillary go through it. Uh, there is an aspect of this that means that there are just some people who are not above the law. And it depends on how many laws you broke, I guess, or how mean you were throughout the process of breaking the laws or how much we like or dislike you or how much we think you deserve it. As far as the intelligence community might feel uh, that former President Trump deserves it, uh, because the simple statement that no one is above the law is not true. And will not be true if Trump goes to jail or doesn't, because that's not the guy that most of these uh, audio pieces are actually designed to be talking about. It's talking about all the other politicians who have, in fact, been above the law. Now, quick break, a lot more. I'm not advocating for the system. I'm just saying that it definitely existed before. And there's reasons why uh, it exists and some that I sort of advocated for yesterday. But in a perfect world, of course, the opposite would happen. And everyone that breaks uh, the rules, even the most powerful of us, uh, would be as subject to the rules as the rest of us are. Uh, but you and I both know that doesn't actually happen. All right. Now, quick break. A lot more. That was a uh, top two at five. So we'll do some more later. Uh, Craig Collins Show, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Time for good story, bad story. First, let's do a good story. A man in Phoenix, his name is Mark. 
uh, has been delivering packages for UPS for 50 years, dating back to June of 1973. He's driven more than 1 million miles and hasn't had any accidents. He's been a UPS driver longer than anyone in Arizona, uh, but now he's retiring to spend time with his uh, family, and he's going to play a whole bunch of golf. And my favorite part of what he announced, he's going to play some pickleball as well. I have some audio for this story. Let's go ahead and play that. Thank heavens. I stuck with it. And, I, and a few weeks later, I fell in love with the job, and I've been doing it ever since. You have to physically have a lot of stamina. You've got to be strong. It's almost like an athlete. But I'm definitely going to play some golf and pickleball. It's taken me at, at least four weeks to wrap my mind around the, the whole idea of retiring. But I am really looking forward to spending more time with my wife and my three daughters and my four grandchildren. There you go. And playing some golf, playing some pickleball, and doing all the things. Uh, really cool story because of how long he's been at a job. Something I feel like is is not going to be a thing uh, for many people at all uh, in the current version of society that we're in right now. Uh, so many people leave so many gigs uh, so very quickly now, especially younger professionals, uh, that odds of having somebody be a 50-year man uh, somewhere, anywhere, just seems uh, really, really unlikely. As far as bad stories go, I love uh, this story. I actually uh, used this story well over a month ago. Uh, as a bad story, but the person actually wound up in court again uh, to continue to deal with the uh, process of being accused of this thing. So this is definitely my bad story, just because I like it. A Southern Illinois man uh, was arrested in Nevada back in May and is facing charges that he uh, stole a backhoe and drove it to the airport to catch a flight uh, because he didn't have another way to get there. Out of all the things to steal, a really, really odd thing. He was out on bond in Elko County Jail, um, $40,000, but he has now appeared again in court uh, to deal with the process of, well, you know, the whole stealing the backhoe thing and uh, winding up trying to get to the airport and then not sure how anybody broke through and solved the mystery of his ridiculous crime. Uh, But I love that story so much. Uh, I saw it pop up again, figured why not? Let's go ahead and do it as a bad story again. Uh, Some other stuff out there, uh, I guess this could kind of have been uh, a bad story too. Uh, There was a hazmat situation at a Boston thrift store uh, when someone unknowingly donated a, quote, lead pig that had once held radioactive stuff in it. Uh, Several employees were tested for exposure. Everybody's fine. Um, I don't know how a person doesn't know this sort of thing, uh, but a customer donated the lead pig. I probably think it was just an ugly antique, uh, but employee recognized it as something that definitely should not be. Uh, in a uh, thrift store and probably should be uh, something that could have radioactive or powdery uh, material attached to it. So, you know, something that needs a a whole big giant response. Just think about that. You show up, you donate some things, a box of stuff you found in the basement, and then all of a a sudden you you cause a hazmat situation at the place where you just gave some stuff to. Uh, It's got to be fun. Now, by the way, all the people took photos that work at the place in giant uh, suits and stuff, and they're all kind of smiling about it once they found out that uh, no one was actually in any sort of danger. Uh, Really just a, a crazy story, though, easily, and probably could have been my bad story, too. But then I don't get to say the word backhoe uh, on the show. Uh, One last thing that I saw uh, that I didn't really want to be the bad story, but is sort of ridiculous. Uh, A man was arrested in Pennsylvania on Sunday after breaking through the gate at a 911 call center. It's unclear why he did this, uh, but he did say that he's the one and that, quote, we are not real, apparently, (laughs) as part of uh, what else he was talking about. So he was quoting The Matrix and he was saying that he's Neo 
and he had to break into the 911 call center uh, to uh, turn the matrix off, uh, which I guess didn't work, uh, which is bad for him because now he has to go to court. Now he has to deal with this whole thing. I don't know why I like that so much. And again, the only thing I don't like about it at all is that you're breaking into a 911 call center, uh, which is very, very important. Uh, but Uri Thomas is the guy's name. And I just I like that defense out of all the defenses to just say that I'm the one. Uh, maybe he'll do that in court as well. He crashed through a concrete barrier uh, to get into the front door. Uh, he used an intercom before he actually got through more of the the security measures that exist in the building and kept saying, I'm the one there. Uh, later, he was then a captain, then arrested. And I guess someone told him he's not the one, or at least uh, whatever the one is that he is. It's not somebody that's going to do the things he thought. Uh, but he also said we are not real. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a toxology report at some point on this person. And I don't think it's going to come back very positive. Uh, for him either. But yeah, he also didn't have Trinity with him. That was probably the biggest problem. He probably would have uh, successfully turned off the Matrix if he had had a really, really cool sidekick named Trinity uh, hanging out the entire time. I didn't know you could just turn off the Matrix. Well, the one did, I think, oh. when you got into the... Uh, that's the the third Matrix movie, which is not as good yeah, as the first one. I didn't one. get that far into it. I made it. I made it through all of them. Uh, they made references <laughs> to, like, Jesus. I, I got uncomfortable at times as Catholic Craig. It's a whole thing. I, I saw them all. Uh, but you have to have that final fight uh, against, you know, the computer. In order to win, you don't just show up at the 911 call center. Fight against a computer? That sounds easy. <laughs> well, you're in the computer. In the oh, com- oh, man, okay, you got to see different. the movies. Yeah, I, now I understand. That's yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he, he calls you Mr. Anderson, and you get oh. a whole big giant fight. It's a, Yeah, okay. Hmm. Uh, I know a lot about this movie. You know way less about this movie. I know very just way less. <laughs> just noted. But I do know that this. since you mentioned it earlier, uh, I would like to be the next host of Wheel of Fortune in oh, case yeah. they're looking. I saw you put that up on social media yeah, as yeah. well. Um, well. You know we what we have in common with Pat Sajak, right? We went to Columbia. We as, did. As did it he. is a very fine institution of higher learning. If on the off chance that Wheel of Fortune is only hiring from Columbia College graduate you pools, know, you're the you have a decent chance. to say that to me, <laughs> and I, I just don't appreciate it. I apologize. It. I Think if it's that's as true, good as any other qualification I may I'm have. not. I'm not taking. I'm not shooting down the Columbia College thing. Uh, what I am saying is there might be some people who are say hosting some other game shows that might have a leg up on you here. They're all celebrities. I know that's so, true. That's you know true. what, Pat Sajak. Look, well, fine. he did the weather fine. in Los Angeles, I guess, let's, before he hosted Wheel of let's Fortune. Let's make a radio demo tape for you of you uh, hosting the radio version of Wheel of Fortune. Hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and do that. I'll have the clicker thing I'll that go, I make the sound. I'll of. go find a ceramic Dalmatian that you can win. <laughs> It'll all be theater of the mind, people, but yeah, it's all exactly. the help we'll get another job. Yeah. Yeah, there you I go. I mean, you can't really build those wheels yourself. That no. would be hard. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fine. We'll do it. We'll do it at some point um, in the next couple of weeks. We'll I'd make like your to buy demo a vowel. <laughs> if you're hosting, you're not buying things. Oh. Yeah. Well, if, see, I got to know the you're lingo, You're screwed, man. I got to know the lingo. <laughs> I think buy you're going to be vowel, terrible. Buy a solve a puzzle, spin right. the wheel. We're, we'll submit it. Vanna, where is right. that I? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's... <laughs> you got to know all kinds. See, I'm doing fine. I'm just waiting. I'm just, I'll let you do this as long as you want before you do the news. Um, uh, it's but been, no. It, it's been kind one of those a, days. It's been one of those days. Okay. We're going to make you a radio demo. I've been writing my cover letter for this job <laughs> since 6 o'clock last night. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck to you, sir. We're going to make you. you a radio demo at some point on the show. a reference? Oh, I wouldn't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course you can. I'll say mostly nice things. No, I don't think I can do it now. That's fine. Uh, Will's got the news. AM, it's 1470. FM, 100.3. 1470. 100.3. WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. Let's do one terrifying political thing first. 
And then we're going to move on because uh, I've been talking about politics a lot today. So we have some uh, lighter things to get to. But first, let's let's play this audio. Uh, this is a question uh, thrown to um, uh, Janet Yellen uh, about whether or not we would be OK, the United States, if China decided to dump all of the money they have uh, that's in uh, certain treasury assets and whatnot uh, that would uh, cause us to have a bit of a problem. If they overnight decided to dump all of their U.S. treasuries, um, which would be, as I said, lots and lots of money uh, screwed. And then Janet Yellen's answer, not great. Did a tabletop exercise and in response to sanctions against a Chinese uh, scenario where there would be an invasion of Taiwan, uh, the scenario was that China, the second largest foreign creditor of U.S. treasuries, uh, would dump uh, that $859 billion in treasury securities. How are you working with our allies internationally and also the Federal Reserve uh, 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 to deal with a situation where China would dump uh, that volume of treasury securities overnight? So we are uh -oh. not engaging in specific um, exercises to uh -huh. address Address uh -huh. the risk, um, but the, United, okay. the United States, the National Security Council, yep. is certainly concerned. Oh, they're worried on an ongoing basis. Well, okay, Secretary, I would encourage Treasury to, to uh, make preparations. And <laughs> I would, I would, I would encourage us to uh, do uh, more. It would be good if we did. You know, maybe somebody put a, an outline somewhere. Uh, maybe put it, somebody put some options on the table. I know you guys are happy when options are on the table. You don't take options off the table, but at least have them on the table sounds good. Yeah, this would be horrible. Uh, this would be very, very bad for our economy, and this is a unique thing uh, that China can use to leverage to say we can do what we want and we don't care what you say uh, in the world of Taiwan or anything else. And so it was uh, not only a sort of uh, terrifying picture to be painted uh, more publicly for the American people than before, but also a really horrible, as I said, answer uh, provided by Janet Yellen when even at the beginning of that, she's like, oh, uh, specifics. We're not getting into those, but we got we have plans, uh, just like when we uh, had the vice president wag her finger and say, don't show up at our border because it's closed, people. Uh, you definitely aren't going to get through. And then they dealt with an administration that saw the highest number of people ever at our border and continues to be uh, the highest numbers we've ever seen. But now you like those things work. Uh, just saying out loud uh, that we got we got plans. We got ideas uh, that, that works uh, just fine. All right. Uh, other things out there, as I said, I want to move on uh, to some uh, lighter, uh, some sillier things, uh, because today feels like a very heavy day uh, for a lot of reasons. And I will say this, too, about the the whole Trump uh, showing up in court uh, thing. And then um, pleading innocent to the, the federal charges on uh, mishandling classified documents uh, and the way people are reacting. I know there's a lot of people that are very happy about this. I know there's a lot of people that hate Trump uh, that are thrilled uh, to see this process play out um, and to to hope that it ends with uh, Trump going to the Hooskow uh, to jail for uh, quite some time. Uh, just two quick points to that to anyone that feels uh, that way today is um, the first one is the one I said about why I don't think that it's really a great idea uh, to uh, haul off and imprison uh, any of our former presidents. Um, and it is, this is something that has benefited people like Bill Clinton before. Uh, but what does messages that say to the rest of the world? Does the world judge us more or less favorably uh, when we start imprisoning our presidents? How would you feel if you read a story about uh, the U.K. or France or anybody 
uh, throwing a former president, a former prime minister, uh, anyone to serve in a high office uh, in jail uh, for the accusations that they're making, especially accusations that say that they put uh, the safety of the world or the safety of the United States at risk. And I know that that doesn't mean it it matters less if something is true or false, uh, but it certainly is interesting to me and one of the reasons why we probably have never seen this before uh, in the United States, because whether we like it or not, uh, the rules have not been equally applied and are still not equally applied uh, to people in those positions. That's just that's question one, I guess. And then just question two about the happiness of that is, do you think that that's really going to have a giant impact on the political sides of the aisle? Uh, if Trump doesn't win the office and winds up dealing with legal challenges because he's getting more donations, he's getting more money um, from conservatives and it seems that he's getting more support. Uh, but I imagine there will be someone else like a DeSantis or anyone else who basically has all the same ideological uh, stances as Trump does, who will run for office, too. So is the plan to impers- uh, imprison everyone or just to Im- imprison Trump? Uh, if you're happy about it for a, a political reason, if you're happy about it because it means uh, Trump may or may not uh, be president again, which, by the way, I don't think this court case will actually prevent that. Uh, if anything, I think it would end after someone were sworn into office, uh, which means that if Trump wins, he could be in a very weird situation to pardon himself, uh, which would be an odd thing if that occurred, too. But anyway, that's all down the line. Uh, the court case is yet to play out, of course, and he pleaded innocent today. Other things out there that are less serious and way more fun to talk about. Uh, I thought this was interesting. A guy went viral because he got in a fight with a kangaroo. Now, this is a real story. A guy, an American tourist, was in Perth in in Australia and apparently at a zoo and some kangaroo got out somehow. And the kangaroo started like kicking and punching at the guy. And he started trying to like kind of kick and punch back. And here's my favorite part of this story is that. People who who watch this, uh, I assume mostly uh, people who are from Australia, uh, loved it. They they seemed to think it was great. No one ran to and tried to help the dude uh, fight off the kangaroo. Uh, they thought uh, American versus kangaroo. This is the kind of thing I'd pay a uh, pay per view for. For why, so why not just watch it happen? And the dude seemed pretty confident. Uh, he threw at least one. Um, what looks like maybe not a, an actual punch, but more of a push uh, at the kangaroo. The kangaroo landed some kicks, uh, but the guy's okay. The kangaroo's okay. So all ends well. I, I just can't envision that uh, being at a place where I see animal versus man and I start cheering like a bunch of other people in the crowd and just curious where it's going to go. Now, I'm not saying I would immediately rush to somebody's defense. I'm just saying I probably wouldn't popcorn and, you know, um, a lawn chair it uh, if I saw it going down. You never know, though. I don't know if the guy seems to be in control and the kangaroo is putting up a decent fight. I, I don't want uh, to, to see it go south for anybody, but it might be intriguing. I just love the way people reacted to it. And then one other thing. I saw this. Forty five percent of Americans fight over the thermostat. Couples, um, people obviously disagree on what the ideal temperature of a home is. I like that I'm immune to this one. I'm not trying to do this as a brag. Uh, Forty five hundred people were surveyed. And as I said, just a little less than 50 percent said, oh, yeah, we fight about that. We fight in the summer. We fight in the winter. Uh, We fight at times and people even change thermostat. It happens at work, too. It's not just a a couple's thing at home. Uh, You probably know two or three people you're thinking of right now as you're listening to the show who changed the temperature in your office to a temperature you don't like. You probably know who they are. Uh, You'd love to kangaroo versus man fight them. Uh, and whoever wins gets to have the thermostat for life. Um, but I, I don't fight with the misses about this. And it's because I, like a weakling, give in uh, to a lot of – actually, I just challenge myself. Uh, long ago, when I, I first started living with my wife from Mexico, lovely, kind, you know, amazing person, 
I don't really want to get in fights with Betty if I if I don't have to. Uh, but long ago when she said she doesn't really use air conditioning, even in the summer, I saw it as a challenge. I think that's why I decided to go with it. And we we break now. We definitely use air conditioning when it gets super hot. Uh, we still keep it warmer in the house than I'd like it. But it's still way better uh, than the version of, of home that she'd be in, fine in, uh, if we didn't turn on the air conditioning at all. But that's, that's how I, I made this a thing that I didn't care to fight about, is that instead of it being a, quote, relationship ender for up to 60% of people who say they fight about this, I was just like, it'll be fine. I'll figure it out. I'll walk around with less clothing in the house. And if that becomes a problem, I'll figure that out too. Uh, but anyway, I, I love uh, that stat so much because there are a lot of people, uh, as I said, both in the office and at home uh, that are fighting about this all the time. So maybe, you know, mental challenge yourself and try to go with something uh, that's more a, a um, you know, agreement to, to do more of what they want than you want, as opposed to a really truly in the middle kind of thing. All right, quick break, a lot more. 1470 and actually being naked in the house kind of has other benefits. Um, not fully advocating for it, but saying there's, there's value. A quick break, a lot more 1470. Can't believe I just said that on the radio. 100.3 WMBD, Greg Collins show. Female trainer of a, a racehorse, uh, won a pretty significant race. Uh, Archangelo is the name of the horse. 155th Belmont at Belmont Park as the race that Archangelo won. And Jenna Antonucci is the name of the person who trained the horse. She had a great time at the race. This audio, uh, which, you know, did exist over the weekend, is going more and more viral. So I'm going to play a little bit of it today. Here's what it sounds like when you're watching um, a race go down and you're getting very excited that someone's going to win for variety. Well, a horse is going to win for a variety of reasons. I can also picture her being like an exaggerated version of, say, a parent at some kid's sporting event if your kid is actually playing uniquely well. So picture both. Picture woman who trained horse, uh, setting record, first person to ever do this. Also picture person at, say, Little League, uh, very excited their kid just got a triple because uh, no one knows how to throw to second base. Yeah, there's more of that. I can keep going with that, but she was very excited. Uh, there was one point uh, in the video. All right, I'll play that moment too, where it seems like she's about to do like the World uh, Women's Soccer Team celebration. It seems like she's about to pull the shirt fully off, uh, which did not happen. But I don't know. There was a weird grasping moment there. But here's a little more of her cheering as the horse crosses the finish line. <laughs> Now, again, she's very happy, a very important race, a big deal in the world, a, a horse race and whatnot. But also, uh, if you had somebody show up at some kind of uh, Little League event, uh, some kind of, I don't know, like a T-ball thing, and you heard some of that, I think I would have more respect, not less, for that human. Go buy him now. Go buy him. Yes. You got yes. it. Yes. Come on. Go buy him now. <laughs> I also wonder if, like, her – because her joy sounds really close to other people's rage. Like, if she ever gets mad at somebody, uh, maybe a significant other in her life, and it sounds uh, eerily similar uh, to that, just in a very different way. Uh, other stuff out there – yes, I can make more jokes. I'm not going to make uh, more jokes. Uh, other stuff out there that I thought was interesting, but just a few minutes left before we get out of here. Um, I thought this was a really interesting study. 
Any amount of alcohol could increase your risk of over 60 diseases, according to a new study published in the Journal of Natural or Nature Medicine, excuse me. Oxford University did this. Uh, They found more than 30 illnesses not previously linked to alcohol and then a whole lot of illnesses that have been for a long time uh, linked to alcohol. And I don't know, like, I'm going to be honest about this. I don't know why the barometer is now, like, so low uh, that you got to say, like, any amount. Like, once you sip the, the devil's sweet nectar, uh, there's no way to go around it. There's no way to get back from it. So you're screwed at that point to begin with. So why, why go uh, back the other way? Uh, but 62% of people who reported drinking daily and 37% of people who uh, reported having heavy episodic drinking um, um, situations all had worse uh, medical uh, outcomes or medical uh, likelihood uh, than those who just had alcohol at some point in their lives. Uh, but 33% of men admitted to uh, consuming alcohol at least twice per week. Only 2% of women admitted to being regular drinkers. Uh, I say admitted because it was just a survey and it asked your your opinion on this. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that the overarching title of it is that any sip of, of alcohol and you're, you're screwed from that point on. So uh, really, truly, what's the, what's the point? Uh, once you've tried it, uh, there's no going back. I know that's not what I'm supposed to think from this, but it's where I'm at. Um, uh, other story that I thought was interesting. I don't know why I'm finding these stories every so often. I don't know why I'm so interested in these stories. Uh, you can decide whatever is the reason you want, but I find them wildly interesting. Uh, another woman has gone viral on social media for saying that there's such a thing as, quote, hot phobia and that she's a victim of it. Uh, for a long time, I think people joked that if you're very attractive, uh, very you know cute, uh, that you might uh, benefit in our society in all kinds of ways. People might treat you nicer. Uh, there's psychological studies that, that uh, prove that. But she says her name is Sabina. Uh, she is 40. Uh, that one of her biggest problems is, quote, <laughs> I love this, wearing skimpy outfits to pick up her son at school and being treated poorly uh, by some of the people that are at school around her. She doesn't get it. And she thinks it's hot phobia. The fact that she looks so great in a, in a quote, a low cut uh, dress or a tiny crop top or short shorts. Uh, why would anyone uh, feel a need to treat her poorly uh, while picking up a child from a school uh, while dressed like a, a woman going out on the weekend? Uh, I have no idea whatsoever. I doubt very many of the dads are the ones complaining. I'll just throw that out there, too. Uh, but Sabina says that's her proof of a thing that other people in social media also say exists, and they're calling it hot phobia. And I'm I'm here to keep reporting about it, uh, to cut a PSA for it, to do whatever I need to do to keep you informed uh, that some people believe that hot phobia exists. I'm not going to back it myself. Um, all right, one last thing. I wanted to play this before I go. I just like this. It feels like a very emotional audio uh, segment after I play this next one for you. Uh, but this is a, a, a couple in Utah. They got reunited with their dog that they lost for four days. Uh, there was a long search, and then eventually uh, they get you reunited. And the audio, the video have gone viral because of how much both the um, man and the woman lost it uh, in being reunited with the dog. And you know, even though you can't see the video, I know this is radio, you know the dog's going nuts. You know the dog's insane because if you've come home from a day of work, the dog goes crazy. Four days lost on its own, I feel like that'd be uniquely different. So here's a little bit of what that sounds like when both people can't contain themselves. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Okay, okay, okay. Can we, you get a leash? I will do. You just love on him for a second. Hi. Hi. Oh, my God. 
You know, I've never matched dog energy with my own human energy. I've never, like, uh, gone to dog level of excitement, but maybe I should. Maybe because it sounds like those people were there, where they were that level of, of you know, broken and crazy uh, while they were seeing the dog. It would be much easier if we had tails. That's true. That is right. I, I don't know if I can even match dog energy. You're right about that. But I will try it sometime in the near future, and I'm not putting a video up on social media. That's not going to happen. sure you're not. <laughs> I'm not going to do that.